96.7 FM, WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm your host, Bryce Payne. With me is not Doug Ray, but Garrett Ray. And this week, we are talking about two things. Irreversible financial decisions. We're going to be talking about that in the second segment. And in the first segment, we're going to be talking to Garrett Ray about things that he learned while studying for the 65 license, which, uh, Garrett, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bryce. And how are you? Doing well, and I understand that uh, you had an interesting uh, Friday and uh, Saturday with <laughs> taking the uh, 65 exam. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an early exam at uh, eight o'clock sharp Saturday morning, um, but uh, you know it was well worth the the time spent studying and uh, ended up with a positive result. So you passed. I did pass, and so. <laughs> A little bit of crowd noise there for Garrett for passing the Series 65 exam from the FINRA world of exams. Not an easy uh, test to uh, pass. Garrett, how long did you study for that? Well, I was uh, I was fortunate. I was able to take a, a couple days away from, from, from our office, and um, I, I did a focused study session of, of about nine days. So it was, um, it was uh, four days one week, five the next, and then it straight into the Saturday morning exam. Um, so... All hours in, somewhere between 50 and 60 hours. Yeah, Outstanding. Yeah. Well, congratulations on passing that. Garrett and I did have a little bit of a, of a uh, wager going on there. I took that test years ago and got an 85 on it. So I told Garrett if he beat an 85, I would buy him lunch. <laughs> if he got lower than an 85, he was going to have to uh, buy me a drink or, or lunch. And so yeah. we'll see what that score comes back to be. Now, before we get started and talking to Garrett about what he learned in the uh, – while studying for a Series 65 exam. Uh, we do want to do our Wealth Guardian Service Salute this week, and as we do every week, we want to take a moment and uh, do that tip of the hat or the uh, figurative salute to all our listeners out there who have put on the uniform, whether it's the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, what have you, or if you're a first responder that wears a uh, day-to-day uniform, we want to thank you as well. You're always in our thoughts here, and so uh, tip of the hat to you and your families, of course, as well. We know sacrifices are made uh, not just on your end, but your family's end as well. Okay, well, let's get started into this, Garrett. Uh, I tasked you with uh, writing this first segment and telling us some things, going over some things that you learned while studying for the Series 65 exam. But before we do that, why don't you just take a second and explain to everyone out there what is, what does the Series 65 exam entail? What does it enable you and us to do? Yeah, sure, absolutely. As financial advisors, we have to be well versed in, in, in pretty much two main concepts. One, we we have to know uh, different investing strategies, um, what different securities are available out there in the marketplace, and how to properly invest in them. And then a very considerable part of the exam is actually about the laws and regulations around our field of business. Right. Um, we're in a very heavily regulated field. There's there's good reasons for that. There are. <laughs> uh, people want to make sure that you're investing their money wisely, and, and we obviously agree with that. So as far as breakdown is concerned, um, about 30 to 35% of that exam is the law piece. Um, and then the other uh, portion of the exam, um, about 70% is the different um, investment securities and the different types of things that are out there in the market, different strategies and how to invest in those. So that's the breakdown. Very good. All right. And so the first thing that you learned uh, that you wanted to talk about that you learned while studying for the exam is what? 
Yeah, so I figured I would save uh, our listeners from the law piece of it and kind of get into the more uh, interesting. Uh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Uh, on behalf of everyone yeah. listening, thank you. Yeah, uh, some of the more interesting financial concepts. So one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting um, was somebody once asked Albert Einstein, you know, what is hum- humankind's uh, greatest invention? And his reported response was, uh, "Compound interest is probably the eighth wonder of the world." Right. Um, and so I've had this question. I remember being, you know, a teenager or a young, a young guy, and just kind of asking, you know, I've got two thousand dollars here. How long will it take if I invest it for that to grow to four thousand? How long will it take to double? Well, it turns out you can calculate that. We call it the rule of seventy-two. And so what that means is, is if you know how much you've invested and you know what your return or your interest rate is, uh, sometimes we call it a yield, a yield on your return, you take 72, you divide it by that yield. So let's just say you, you found a ten, uh, an investment that yields 10%. 10% Outstanding. Re- that'd be a great... That'd be a great go with that. Yeah. First, <laughs> my advice to you, go with that. Yeah, that'd okay. be a great return. 72 divided by 10, That's it would take 7.2 years for that amount of money, whatever it is, $100 to $100,000 to double. So 7.2 years. Okay. Um, it works in reverse too. So let's say you're a new grandparent and you got the joyous news. There's a there's a new baby in the world and you say, you know what? I want to set aside a gift for my grandson or granddaughter 20 years from now. And I have $10,000. I'd like to see that grow to 20 uh, when he or she's 20 years old. What kind of return would I need in order for that 10000 to grow to 20000 well, you can take 72, divide that by 20 years, um, and that's a 3.6% yield or a 3.6% return you would need on your investment for that uh, 10000 to grow to 20000 um, in that amount of time. Okay. Outstanding. Very yeah. good. And uh, th- this is Bryce Payne. Uh, you are listening to the Wealth Guardians, and today we're talking to Garrett about what he learned during studying for the 65 exam, which he just passed with a score. We're not sure what the score was yet, but I'm sure it was way up there. So, uh, Garrett, uh, the second thing that you wanted to talk about that you learned was around estate taxes. Do tell. Yeah, estate taxes and, and, and getting into a little bit about uh, gifting. Uh, so this is a question that we get uh, occasionally in our, in our office is, you know, hey, I, I want to leave a legacy uh, for my family, my loved ones. Um, you know, what, what does that look like? And uh, the IRS, they, they adjust, uh, particularly the gift tax, uh, almost every year. But uh, the current regulations say that you are entitled to a lifetime total gift exemption. Uh, it's pretty high, of $12.06 million. Now, that's in your entire estate. So that includes all properties you may own, all the investments. Um, but up until that number is the amount that you are allowed to leave to loved ones before creditors and the IRS can start basically assessing additional values uh, and taxing your estate after you have passed. Um, So that's what you're allowed to pass uh, tax-free to your loved ones. That climbs to $24.12 million uh, for a married couple. As far as gift taxing is concerned, you can... uh, provide a gift to a loved one or a charity up to $16,000 per year without that additional dollar being taxed. Now, again, that also climbs up to $32,000 for a married couple. So let's say you wanted to give to a church or a charity each and every year. It's just part of a, you know your charitable giving. As a lot of people want to do. Absolutely. And so uh, you as an individual can gift up to $16,000. You don't really have to worry about it. Um, or if it's a married couple, up to $32,000. Now, what happens if you exceed that $16,000 or that $32,000 mark as a married couple? Well, you're not necessarily taxed in that given year. Uh, however, what it could do is it could lower 
from your lifetime deduction of your estate um, by that amount. Okay. So they kind of the IRS looks at it over the course of your entire lifetime, and so if you one year gave fifty thousand dollars, they may deduct that total exemption from your estate taxes uh, when you did eventually pass. Makes sense. Makes sense. And that leads us right into a, a perfect segue for us. Uh, Garrett, we we do uh, seminars mm. about every other month uh, for the people out there to uh, come in and listen to the things that a financial planner would uh, talk about and want to talk about. And we've got some uh, seminars coming up. Taxes and Retirement Seminar is coming up Thursday, September 8th and Tuesday, September 13th at 6.30 p.m. This is going to be in Clemens in the Broyhill building where our offices are at. And some of the things that we're going to talk about are, let me, let me give you this concept real quick. Would you rather, and I'm asking you out there, would you rather chase a dollar in the market or save a dollar on taxes? Well, obviously, the easier answer there is I'd rather save a dollar in taxes than chase a dollar in the market. So if you're worried about what's going on in the market out there and you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about what's happening, what the changes are happening in the tax laws, then you might be worried about not the only thing that you need to be worried about. So we want to invite Mm -hmm. you to come to either Thursday, September 8th or Tuesday, September 13th. Um, to our uh, seminar that we've got going on, taxes and retirement, and things that we're going to be talking about, why taxes may be the biggest retirement risk you haven't planned for, little-known gotchas in the SECURE Act that will have an impact on your retirement, how legislative risk can impact your tax bracket, even if you know nothing about legislation out there. Uh, doesn't mean that, you, that there's not legislative risk that you're uh, subduing yourself to in the market. Why today's market requires specialized planning to meet your retirement goals and how to calculate the total amount of taxes you may pay on your IRA or 401k in retirement. So these are the topics that we're going to be covering. If you think you know what you need to know about taxes uh, and you're uh, working out there, well, the tax whole tax code tax situation changes once you've retired. And so if you're approaching retirement, we really encourage you to pick up the phone and give us a call so you can get registered for our event. That's 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. You can also visit us at thewealthguardians.com and click the events tab. There's no cost or obligation to attend our seminars, but you do have to register so we know to save a seat for you. Garrett, thank you for sharing that yeah. with us. A lot of uh, great segue uh, there to talk about our taxes. And uh, Doug's not here, so we can't <laughs> stump Doug with a trivia question this week. So you want, you're sitting in the chair, so we're going to try to stump you. Yeah, I'm in the hot seat. Today. All right, here we go. Let's try to see if we can stump Garrett this week. Garrett, in 1894... President Cleveland signed a bill making Labor Day a holiday on the first Monday of September. This was after most states had already made it a state holiday on September 1st, so now it was becoming a federal holiday. There is a tradition out there that says you do not wear white after Labor Day. You've heard that, right? I've I've heard of that one. So there's a tradition, you do not wear white after Labor Day. My trivia question is very simple. Where does this rule or this code come from? All right. Uh, He's got a puzzled look on his face, a lot like his dad often has a puzzled look on his (laughs) face. Uh, This is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. 96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with not Doug Ray, but Garrett Ray. Doug's out this week, and uh, newly licensed Garrett Ray is here with me. And in this segment, we're talking about irreversible financial decisions. Now, I know you all stuck around through the break 
to see <laughs> if we were able to stump Garrett. It's hard to stump Garrett. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy here. We might have done it this week. Let's see. I know that's why you stuck around. But before we get to the trivia question, I've got a question for you. Are you looking forward to your retirement? And my second question is, do you want to confirm that you're actually making the best decisions for your retirement? Well, I certainly hope that you answered yes to both of those questions. Well, if you did, then I've got good news for you. Garrett's got new, good news for you. We all here at the Wealth Guardians have good news for you. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can see how to retire the job and keep the paycheck. There's no cost or obligation to meet with us. We are financial planners. We're fiduciaries. We're retirement specialists. But you got to pick up the phone and call us. We, we have tried. We can't do it. We can't pick up the phone and call you. 336-391-3409 is our phone number. 336-391-3409. You can also reach out to us at our website, thewealthguardians.com. Now, let's get back to that trivia question. Garrett, yep. you've had some time to think about it. And Here it is. Have. In 1894, President Cleveland signed a bill making Labor Day a holiday on the first Monday of September after most states had already made it a state holiday. There is a tradition that most of you have heard of, and Garrett had heard of this as well, that says you do not wear white after Labor Day. Okay, well, Mm. where does this rule come from? Garrett, what's your best guess on this one? Yeah, this is certainly going to be an educated guess, Bryce. It could be completely off, too. I know typically around the 1st of September is historically, traditionally, when in rural society is when we would typically have uh, the harvest. And so, you know, I had always assumed that you wore white for a practical reason in the summer because it was much cooler. Um, And then as you're starting to shift towards harvest and fall, you wore more kind of cold weather clothes, if you will. But that's honestly kind of what I think it may have be tied to do with but i don't have an exact okay well we're gonna give garrett a big (laughs) (laughs) but i like your answer i mean you were using logic and reason there you're trying to deduct what what, where that comes from actually and i didn't know this full disclosure i did not know this this tradition dates back to the victorian era where the upper class would go to their summer cottages from may through september and it was customary to wear white during this period to indicate or signify that you are on vacation, that you're one of the oh, upper wow. class on okay. vacation. I'm wearing white. <laughs> and so when you were leaving your summer cottage in September, you would go back to your regular home mm. and your regular life. You would go back to your regular clothes. So when summertime is over, vacation time is over, you right. take off those clothes. So that's where it comes from. A very good guess on Garrett's part, but not quite what we were looking for. If you got it out there, Kudos to you, because you are smarter than Garrett or me. Uh, So there you go. All right, Garrett, what we're talking about here in this second segment is irreversible financial decisions. Tell tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about here. Yeah, so these are some of the topics that, you know, we we come across from time to time, and and unfortunately, this can be a little bit of a sticky situation. Um, So we're going to go through uh, a few of them here where, you know, if you ever come across a situation like this, please make sure you're talking to a financial advisor. you got someone in your pocket that's on your side. The first one here is a, a pretty big one. When do I start my Social Security benefits? You have plenty of options. You can start as early as 62. You can wait as long as 70. Let's say you get into a situation where you filed earlier and realize you should have filed later. 
um, that's an unfortunate situation. So, Bryce, what, what do the listeners need to know out there? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to file for Social Security, as you said. You can file as early as 62. In some cases, you can actually file earlier than that. Uh, and you can file as late as 70. You definitely don't want to file after 70. There's no benefit for that. But what a lot of people might not realize is that once you file, you've got one year to unfile. Mm-hmm. And so if you just oh, you know what? I didn't mean to, to file at that point, or I've talked to somebody and I shouldn't have filed at that point. Wish I could undo that. Well, you've got 365 days to undo that. However, in order to undo it, you've got to pay back all the Social Security benefits that you received for that last year. Not a lot of people are, right. are able to do that. So that is one bridge that you don't want to burn until you've talked to a financial planner, not just a financial advisor, but a financial planner mm-hmm. who can help you figure out, considering all the things in your financial puzzle, what makes the most sense for you. Filing at the same time that you retire is oftentimes not the most sensible way for you to file, the optimized way as we call it to file. So you don't get to unburn that bridge once you've done it after 365 days. So please talk to a financial planner and have somebody help you make the best decision that they can. And Garrett, we here at the Wealth Guardians are uh, certified with the National Social Security Association. So we're qualified to talk about that and help our clients make those decisions for themselves. Very good one. What's the second one we got on our list? Yeah, that's one we see occasionally. Um, it, it comes when you are electing spousal benefits on your pension or not. So with almost every pension that we see out there, once you start monthly income, or certainly after you take the lump sum, it's way too late to make changes to your spousal survivor benefits. There's options in there. So before you get to that point where you're making that, that decision, make sure you're talking to a financial planner. So Bryce, what do our listeners need to know? Well, again, um, a lot like Social Security, filing for your pension, you're, you're given some options up front. In most cases, not all cases, in most cases, you're given a main option of taking a lump sum benefit for your pension mm. or turning in that lump sum and getting guaranteed monthly income for the rest of your life. Yep. Certain situations, one decision will be filing for the income will be better decision for you over the long term than taking the lump sum payment. Right. But most of the time when that's the case, it's because it would be a federal or a state pension. If yes. you've got a private pension, most of the time taking the lump sum option is going to be the more sensible option because a private pension is not guaranteed to always be there. And the return on that or the the monthly yield on that is not going to outweigh the benefits of having taken the lump sum. Very rarely do they have a cost of living adjustment on the private. On the private ones. Absolutely. Great point. Yes, they do not. The states and the federals do. But the private pension, if you're getting $500 a month now, it's always going to be $500 a month. And which means if we've got high inflation periods like we have now, Think about what $500 might look like 10 years from now. It might not be that much. Exactly. So that's, a deci- that's another decision like Social Security that once you make it, you cannot undo it. And what we're talking about here is <laughs> the income decision of taking a larger amount just for yourself so that when you pass away, that income is gone. Well, what if you pass away before your spouse? Yeah. They lose that income source. You have the option in a lot of cases of taking a lower amount for yourself, and it'll be what's called a second-to-die Um, Mm -hmm. income. So if you pass away first, then your spouse will continue getting at least a portion, if not 100% of what you are getting. So you want to take those things into consideration because again, once you burn that bridge, there's no one burning it. Absolutely. All right. And uh, Garrett, uh, that would lead us into another form of income. The pension is one form of income. Social Security is another form of income. But uh, another form of income that you 
we go through here and the opposite of income really is what it is is taxes and we have a seminar coming up well we do <laughs> seminars uh, a couple times a year and uh, coming up on thursday september 8th and tuesday september 13th at 6 30 p.m in our office building the Broyhill in clemens we're doing our taxes and retirement seminar. We do this one once or twice a year. And Garrett, there's a lot of things that we're going to be covering for people out there who are worried about taxes and how right. that factors into retirement. I want to let everyone know, if you think you know what you need to know about taxes now and you're working, you, you might very well do that. But taxes becomes an entirely different game yep. once you are retired. You are no longer receiving a W-2 income, earned right. income. You're receiving income from Social Security, maybe pensions, maybe you're taking uh, distributions from your That's IRAs right. or your Roths. That is all taxed very differently, especially Social Security is taxed very differently. So what you know about taxes and how they've impacted you for the last 30 years or so does not apply once you are retired. So there's a lot of things that you need to know, and the law is constantly changing too, and we try to keep up on that. So here's some of the things that we're going to be covering for you in this seminar if you choose to come. Why taxes may be the biggest retirement risk you haven't planned for. Mm, okay, There's yeah. some other big risks out there, but taxes might be the biggest risk that you didn't plan for. That doesn't sound good. You wanna plan for everything out there when it comes to your retirement. Little known gotchas in the SECURE Act. That's a uh, act that was passed a couple of years ago that changed some ways that we are taxed in retirement. So little-known gotchas in the SECURE Act that will have an impact on your retirement, including a critical gotcha regarding RMDs that the IRA just defined in February this year. Mm. How legislative risk can impact your tax bracket, even if nothing about your personal situation changes. Another one, why today's market requires specialized planning to meet your retirement goals. Here's another one, how to calculate the total amount of taxes you may pay on your IRA or 401k in retirement. We're going to go over all these different subjects for you. So we really encourage you, if you're approaching retirement and uh, you're afraid of what taxes might look like in retirement, this would be the seminar for you. Garrett, what, how would somebody register for this? Well, I think they can you know, go, certainly go on our website at thewealthguardians.com, or you guys can always give us a call at the office. Yep, so at uh, thewealthguardians.com, it's the events tab. You can click on that and register that way. Or you can give us a call, like Garrett said, our phone number is 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. And again, that's Thursday, September 8th, and Tuesday, September 13th at 6.30. No cost, no obligation, but you do have to register. All right, now let's get back to our third one, Garrett. What was the third irreversible financial decision that you don't want to get wrong when you're in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. And as we talk about things that can really kind of uh, set you back as far as your retirement and, and really your kind of retirement picture looks like is is neglecting to get long-term care insurance. Or at least neglecting to consider it and, exactly. and factor it in. Right. So there's, a, there's two types of long-term care insurance out there. There is your traditional kind, which is like car insurance. You, you, if you don't uh, use it, you lose it. So your car, if you're never in a car accident, you don't get your car insurance back. That's, right. that's traditional long-term care insurance. So if you're paying $50, $100 every month into it and you pass away suddenly and you never used it, it's gone. But there's another type of long-term care insurance out there, and that is asset-based long-term care insurance. And it works a little bit differently, but in short, if you never use it, that money that you put into it is not gone. It will go to whatever beneficiary you listed. So you're not taking any risk by investing in long-term care insurance. However, here's why you need to make that decision sooner than later. Because once you have a health issue, 
you've mm-hmm. severely jeopardized your ability to qualify for long-term care insurance. Exactly. And become it's, uninsurable. It's just, you yeah. become uninsurable, just yep. like with regular health care insurance. So that is uh, another uh, irreversible financial decision. Remember, long-term care coverage is one of the biggest costs that can blow up a retirement plan. You can have planned for inflation. You could have planned for taxes. You could have planned for uh, cost of living adjustments on Social Security or a lack of cost of living adjustments on Social Security. And that probably will not have a massive impact on your retirement plan. But what could is not having planned for the cost of long-term care coverage and you're shelling out the dollars yourself. You had anticipated having a certain legacy goal of leaving a certain amount of money to your kids. Garrett, it might not happen if you have uh, unplanned long-term care coverage costs. And you know what uh, else we didn't plan for? More minutes in this show because (laughs) we're already out of time. I know. The time does fly. All right. Well, when we come back next week, hopefully Garrett will have that score for us and uh, we'll see who's buying who lunch here. This is Bryce Bain. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. We appreciate you tuning in. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB.